Business Dreamers, welcome to From 9 to 5 to Self-Employed, the podcast where we help you break free from the cubicle and unleash your entrepreneur spirit. I'm your host, Deanna Hens, an online business strategist who took the leap and built a thriving business that gives me the freedom I always desired. And now I want to show you how to do it too. If you have ever felt trapped in the daily grind, fantasized about being your own boss, or just craved more flexibility in your work-life balance, then you're in the right place. Each week, I'll bring you inspiring stories from those who've made the leap, share expert advice on navigating the world of self-employment, and give you the tools and confidence to turn your passion into profit. So if you're ready to ditch the rat race and take control of your destiny, buckle up because it's time to embark on the greatest adventure of your life. Hit that subscribe button and let's get started on the journey from nine to five to self-employed together. Hello and welcome back to another episode of From 9 to 5 to Self-Employed. Today I have a truly inspiring guest with me, Dr. Casey Attenberger. From fresh face graduate to the CEO of a thriving chiropractic practice, Dr. Casey's journey is one of resilience, transformation, and unyielding success. Picture this. You've just graduated from chiropractic school. You're brimming with passion, eager to make a difference, but the path from new graduate to successful practice owner can be challenging. That was exactly what Dr. Casey faced. But here's where the story gets interesting. Just as she was starting to grow her business, Dr. Casey was forced to reevaluate her approach. This was a complete turning point that required her to level up, not just as a chiropractor, but as a business leader. Dr. Casey embraced the shift in thinking and transformed her practice. And the result, hang on, an astonishing 12-fold growth in her practice in just the first year and a half. Yeah, you heard right. Dr. Casey turned adversity into opportunity, leading her practice to new heights. In today's episode, Dr. Casey is going to share the strategies that led her to this type of growth and how she continues to inspire and lead her team, but also the community every day. So whether you are a budding healthpreneur, a seasoned practitioner looking for some fresh inspiration, or you're simply curious about the world of business and strategy, this episode promises insight that you will not want to miss. So stick around because you're in for a treat with Dr. Casey Attenberger. Oh my gosh, I am so excited to have today's guest. I met Dr. Casey through our local chamber, we immediately hit it off. And I have seen this amazing woman start from getting out of school, becoming a chiropractor, and her business a year and a half later has completely exploded. Casey, Dr. Casey, I apologize. (laughs) It is so great having you here. (laughs) 
I'm so excited. This is something we've talked about for a while. So I'm really glad to be here. I am excited too, because I, like I said, I have seen your business grow and not just the slow, steady grow. It was like a spike all the way up and something changed. And I want to find out what changed, and, but we're going to get to that in a little bit. But I want my viewers to know exactly what changed so that they can implement some of those same things into their business. Yeah, but, they need to. Yes, I know. And I can't wait. I can't wait for you to share all these amazing tips. But before we go there, before we go there, can you just share a little bit about you and what what it was like when you first got out of school and decided to start your business? Yes. So I actually went to undergrad up in Rochester, New York, and then I moved down here for grad school and I'm from Pennsylvania. So it was like, okay, new town, Florida. Yay. Um, went through chiropractic school and I didn't think I wanted to open my own business throughout school. No, I want to go work for someone. It's definitely, you know, the C for row. I need to learn things. And then partway through school, I decided, you know what? Screw that. I'm going to open up. So Lots of mental prep coming out of school, and I didn't know anyone in this area. I grew. I went to school in Port Orange. Well, I'm in Deland, DeBerry. I I know zero people, so opening up was terrifying. Like, okay, my mom is yeah. telling me, um, should you be doing this, honey? Like, is <laughs> yeah, mom, I'm gonna do it. I know you don't know, but like, I'm gonna do it. Um, and I just kind of threw myself into the community more than anything else. Of if I can get my name out there and get to know a ton of people, eventually somebody will use my services. And if if I can make them great enough, they stand for themselves, more people will come back and refer other people. So it's been a lot of learning. I think I've changed my business strategy, my business structure like eight times in a year. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're going to, we're, I want to, I want to hear about that. But, but first you said that your mom was like, are you sure? And I know that's coming. I mean, when people that care about us and love us are trying to make us put on the brakes, it's coming from a, a loving place. They just don't want to see you fail. They don't, they're, they're, they're scared for you because they can't connect the dots of how you're going to do this. What did that feel like though? Oh. When your mom is like, <laughs> so I actually didn't realize how much it affected me till I talked when I hired my business coach and he was like, Casey, I think you doubt yourself because your mom doubts you. I was like, oh my God, like my mom was my role model growing up. She was the head of our household. Like my dad's there. Yes. But like my mom runs. She runs the show. <laughs> Disciplinarily, like he's on top of it. So when she was doubting me saying, you know, honey, I just think you're young. Do you think you should work for someone? I really think you should take insurance for your patient. Um, I don't see anyone paying you out of their pocket. Like a lot of it was really hurtful. And yeah. it took me kind of registering that emotion, controlling it, understanding it, and then telling myself why she was wrong. I'm not going to yell at her. Love my mom. Right. I can yell at her. It was, I know my mom is wrong because A, B, and C. You know, she's not here. She's not seeing what I'm doing. She doesn't understand business the way I do. She works a nine to five. She is right. not self-employed. She doesn't get the difference. So that, yes, that was definitely one of the hardest things I had to overcome early on in practice was she doesn't get it. She won't get it. A lot of the people in your life, people will not understand why you don't have a 401k with a company, why you don't <laughs> go to the office, why you don't have every Saturday morning off. Like- they just won't get it. And 
I agree with you. And I've experienced that too. And for people who do work a nine to five, and there's nothing wrong with working a nine to five, but there is a totally different mindset when you are running your own business. And I say this all the time, like every morning you wake up, you are technically unemployed and you're working. Like you, you have to keep putting things in motion. It's, there's no punching out no. and forgetting it <laughs> when you get home. <laughs> So you said you went through eight different strategies with your business. What? what tell, tell me where you started. Let's let's start from there. What were you doing the first time? Okay. So I opened my practice and I said, you know what? I can charge $50 for 30 minutes and that'll get me through. And then I'll do 30-minute appointments and then 15-minute appointments. It'll be different price for chamber members and all my friends, and that'll be $35 for 30 minutes. Well, I quickly learned, yeah, that doesn't work. Math doesn't work at all. So I started saying, okay, well, let me just charge more. All right, let me just do visit per visit. That's actually how I started. Come in one time. We'll see if you need another one. Cool. Call me when you need me. And I quickly learned that that structure doesn't work. Plans are better. So, all right, let's see you six times and they're going to be $50 each and let's, you know, pay for them as you go, but you're committing. So then Casey learned that didn't work. So we switched to $80 for 30 minutes and then tried that again, kind of same issues. Finally, I came around to hour long appointments and that made a big difference. I also switched at the same time to care plans. If you book a certain number with me, you pay up front for them, then you come in. That way you're accountable, I'm accountable, we have a plan, we know where you're going. Well, I think I changed the prices on those four times to like get to where I am today. And that was all a confidence thing. My coach kept telling me, no, you're not charging enough. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not worth it. These people can't afford that. Wrong. Don't tell yourself that. I struggled with that too <laughs> when when I first started. I was so afraid to charge. I didn't, not to say charge what I was worth. I didn't realize what I was worth. And I had a business coach and a dear friend who kept saying, you need to charge more. Like, every, like what is wrong with you? You're giving everything away for free. But, oh, that's hard to overcome. Was there, did you have an aha moment where you're like, you know what? I am worth this much. Yes. Yeah, so I actually upped my price for the final time in April and I hit my top price. And to all of you shocked listeners, it's 275 a session. Like it's not. But if you don't say, wow, I'm not doing my job right. Because the value I provide is wow value. Yes, it is. So. Whenever I did that, I had two patients book plans of care that week, not the low package, the middle package, without blinking an eye. Like, handed me a check, signed it over, and the results they've seen, both of them have been reviewing, telling people about me, pushing others toward me, so they don't regret a single cent they spent. And for me, that was the aha moment of, no, crap, what you just did for those two people was worth that to them and to me. So... You just have to kind of test prices out and go higher than you think and then pull back if you have to. Right. You know, I remember the first time that I set a price for, for my coaching <laughs> and I did a block of hours 
And I set a high ticket price on it, what I thought was a high ticket price. Looking back, it really wasn't because mm -hmm. I reduced the hours and kept the price the same. But at that moment, it was a high, the highest ticket price that I ever gave for coaching. And I had two people sign up like within that first month. And I was like, and that's, I don't talk about the coaching that I do as much as I talk about like the digital marketing. But I was like, oh my gosh. And again, like you said, they didn't blink an eye. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. And then I realized I gave them too much time on that and I reduced the time and people will still, still sign up. And, and like you said, that they're fine with it as long as they get the value out of it, what they perceive as value. And then they're going to be your biggest cheerleader. So I love hearing that you overcame that obstacle. What other obstacles? So did you have in those early years or where are you now now with your strategy? Ugh. I know you've changed so many things. I'm like, which direction do we talk about? Um, I think a lot of it was self-confidence. Um, self-confidence, I think, is a huge part of that. One with price, but one with just talking to people and knowing you're worth it. I'm still going through that the last two months. Um, I turned a lot of patients away of like, okay, I don't think this is the right time for you or okay, let's just wait on this or maybe because they weren't confident in buying and I should have been a harder sell person. I should have the confidence to say, you should do this and you should do it now before things get worse. So I actually have a list of about five people that I need to call back and say, you know, I did say this, that like you should wait, but I lied. Like you should do it now. <laughs> and I want to be nice. Like it's a test. Right, right. And I love that you're doing that because that has to be, a little out of your comfort zone to do that if you've never done that before, right? And I'm guessing your your business coach is probably like, here's what you're going to do. Yeah. And so you're, okay, I figured that. Yeah, <laughs> because that's make a list and a buy when date. Yes. Uh, well, I, we need to have you back on to see how that goes and what you got from that. <laughs> now, you've said to me before that beliefs are placebo. So- choose the one that serves you. What does that mean? All right. So this was an epiphany moment. Glad you brought this one up. Yeah. So facts are facts, right? Gravity, you know, works at a certain amount. You know, when your car is going 60 miles an hour, it's going 60 miles an hour. <laughs> but it, a belief is something you tell yourself. A belief is a thought. It's a placebo. It's something you tell yourself that could or could not work. So you could either tell yourself, um, you know, I'm not able to get up in the five, five in the morning. That's never going to work for me. Or you can say getting up at five in the morning would be the best possible thing for me. I need to do it. Whichever one's going to serve you better, do it. I did that one the last month. It was if you get up at 5 a.m., you will be happier. You will be more energetic. So I believed that. And I've gotten so much more done between five and seven a.m. It's insane. So <laughs> choose something that is good to you that advances you that helps yeah. you if you're going to tell yourself a story and believe something believe something that's going to help you it's a placebo either way you know that's true that's really hard to do though when something and i say a lot of the things that we've been told or let me back it up a lot of the things that we believe we may not even remember who told it mm -hmm. to us and it may it could have been something that was said from a stranger when we were a child, but we carried it with us. And 
as adults, we have these beliefs that don't serve us in a positive way. And it's really hard to reverse that and back it up and think something different, right? Like, yeah. like you said, and you said getting up at five in the morning and that, yes, that's telling yourself you can do it. But telling yourself that you're worth charging more for is harder because the five in the morning is an action. Yeah. The being worthy is a mindset. <laughs> so a big one that I went through, for example, was quitting waitressing. I oh. the story I told myself was I need this. It is such a financial crutch. Those three days a week really make me feel better. I love working with the people here. It's such a fallback. I enjoy going. Yeah, that was what BS. The story I was telling myself. Right. The better belief system is I'm better off using those 15 hours I spent there to go market, to go stop by a gym, to go write my book that I'm working on, to go read some personal development. Those were the things that are actually going to push me farther. That's what I needed to believe was that quitting was good for me. And until I made that revelation, I I believed all day I was better off there. So I'm going to ask you a question because there's a lot of people who are listening. Obviously, this is from nine to five to self-employed. Mm-hmm. who they have maybe a side hustle or maybe they're really trying to get this as a full-time job, but they're hanging on to a job, waiting till they have financial stability, waiting until they have the confidence, waiting for whatever it is that they're waiting for before they commit 100% into this. When you were debating about or when you made that decision about leaving waitressing, were you financially in a in a safe spot, or no, were you like, I got oh, home. I bought a second <laughs> home? <laughs> <laughs> one time, okay, but it kind of got me to the realization, and we'd talked about it in my coaching program before. You, there won't be a number. You tell yourself, "I have this much in savings, I'll do it. I have this much in savings, I'll do it." it it's not a thing. I promise you, it's not a thing. You'll get to that yeah. number and say, "Never mind, that's not enough." It's, yeah. there is no, oh, I will do this when I hit this number. No, it, it doesn't work, people. It it, it doesn't. <laughs> no. I, I know. When I share my story, I sometimes I feel bad because I'm like, when I made the decision, mm-hmm. I literally quit my job and made the decision. And there was no plan B. There was nothing, no safety net. There wasn't money saved up. Like, it was a really bad decision that worked out extremely great (laughs) yes yes right but it would people people thought I lost my mind when I made that decision and I don't blame them for that because it is really scary but there's no plan b how did quit wait when you quit being a waitress how did that impact impulse chiropractic your your the business has gotten so much more attention it's getting the time it needs. I'm able to work on my business because I'm not just working from 7 a.m. till 4 p.m. here and leaving. I'm working here, but then from 5 to 7, I can work on the business yeah. and do all the little things that I need to outside of there. So definitely, I used Waitress as a crutch for way too long, and I needed it for a while mentally, um, and I kept it too long. So for those of you out there who... Have that side hustle. You're not sure where to, whether to give it up. You really just need to sit down 
in a blank room with nothing around you and think, is it helping you or is it hurting you? And it's a oh. tough realization to go through. Yeah. How do you how do you know that? You can sit in that room and think about it, but sometimes you said we're making excuses mm -hmm. for ourselves. So aside from your coach telling you you're quitting. I got How did you yourself mentally come to that realization that it was actually hurting you more than helping you? Good question. Uh, part of it was pricing. So when I did the math of, so I'm going to waitressing and I was making like two grand a month, right? Three nights a week, like two grand a month. On Monday night, if I go to waitress, I can make two, 300 bucks. If I go to a gym and meet one patient, that's three grand. Ooh. And that was two hours. So that was kind of the number I ran and said, if I go to one gym every Monday and Thursday when I was waitressing and I get one patient a month, I, I'm home by dinner time and I just made more money. Right. Right. So when you talk about going to the gyms, I want to talk on that a little bit. This is something you've done anyhow, but I think it's so important whether you are a chiropractor or whatever you are, you're going to the gyms and creating these joint venture partnerships with the gyms, right? I'm attempting to. Okay. Okay. I thought you had already been doing that. It looks you like, doing doesn't it? It does look like it. It does look like it. Okay. So since you're attempting to do that, then I know that you understand why that's beneficial. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you do that, yeah, I mean, I'll ask you, why are you doing it? So it kind of goes along with my idea of marketing units and leading versus lagging indicators. So quick explanation, leading is the things you do to get you attention, to get your marketing out there, to get you potential customers, to get you leads. Lagging is, okay, how many patients did I get and how much money did I make? So leading, we're, we're trying to work it where it's just a number system, where it's like I did 85 units worth of stuff. So for me, going to a gym, walking in, saying hi to, a, hi to an owner, that's a unit. Me sending an email to a new gym owner, that's a unit. Me going to do a workout and posting about it, that's a unit for going and a unit for posting. So for me, it's just creating a ruckus and getting out there, walking into these gyms, talking to their members, uh, working out there, being involved, just kind of starting it. And I'm going to redefine it over the next couple months. I love that. I want to talk about this, these units a little bit, right? Because mm -hmm. it sounds to me that it's a way to be more productive in your business and not just busy, which was another podcast that I just did not I long ago. I just listened to it this morning. Did you? Yes, it just came out today. So, and I, I love this. I love this topic. And this is new to me. So I'm looking forward to learning a little bit about this. So these units are every time that you do something towards your business yes or for your business yes right now it's very rudimentary we're just starting um yeah. everything has the same value so if i send my weekly email that's one unit if i do a social post that's a unit if i stop into a gym and work out that's one unit um just to kind of give me a basis of how much i'm doing across the board so last okay. month i think i did 65 and i'm at 70 for this month already so wow yeah, it's just how much you do. Do I eventually want to make it more sophisticated where a workshop at a gym is like 12 units and an email is one? Yes, but I let's not complicate that yet. Let's just get used to tracking everything first. 
I got you. So you're really not setting the bar. You need to achieve X number of units. Right now, you're just kind of evaluating mm -hmm. where those units are. And then you can set goals for yourself. Is that correct? Yes. So I think that's part of a higher level CEO concept is you can't start something and think it's going to work until you've tested it. So you everything <laughs> and saying if it works, then we'll do more of it. If it doesn't work, we'll redirect or try more of it. But it's that higher level CEO concept of you can't do anything till you know where you're at. Oh, my goodness. I, I love this. And the spreadsheet lover in me is already picturing what this spreadsheet looks like. And share mine with you. <laughs> so I don't have to recreate it. Thank you. That would be wonderful. I see the value in that because now you're really you're doing things for your business and not just spinning your wheels pretending that you are. Mm -hmm. It's it's a real way. We had some guy in our coaching group the other day. He said, I evaluated it. I'd only done 35 units last month. This month, he's already done 80. He goes, I see wow. difference just by doing more. Right. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to see the spreadsheet and how that looks. Yeah. So <laughs> I appreciate that. So what have what is the biggest thing that you recognize that has helped you just completely level up your business and grow it to what it is right now? Uh, business coaching, for sure. And it's been focusing on mindset changes. It's not tactical. It's not processes. It is focusing on internal mindset and really changing that. So if I was thinking like earlier, price isn't high enough. Cool. That was a wrong thought. Put it higher. Um, but also things like learning how to be a leader. I was terrified to hire. And my coaching business, they're like, why don't you just get it wrong? Why don't oh. you just hire someone and screw it up? <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I guess. So a lesson's <laughs> here in the office listening to this. And I, I hired her like out of the blue. Like friend of a friend was like, you should talk to her. Hired her, not ready, didn't have the funds. I was like, yeah. let's try this. And it's worked out so, so well that she's been beyond my expectations and done so much more for me than I could have thought. So having that mindset of go ahead and fail has been amazing. I would have never had that mindset had I not been in this coaching program. I like that. And I, you and I have had so many conversations about failing. And we, love failing. we do love failing. The benefit of failing and some people might look at us and be like, that is absolutely crazy. But you and I have talked about failing a lot. And I want you to share your thought about failing. <laughs> I think that failing is the best way to learn. And failing, put it on a minuscule scale. So you do a social post and no one engages with that. That's a failure, right? No yeah. one engaged with your social post. But you did it. Right. Idiot, and you failed at getting people to engage. So the more that I've looked at my daily life and classified things that fail as failing, the less nervous I've been about failing. Okay, let's send that email. It's probably going to look terrible. Nobody's going to open it and we'll fail at getting an open rate. Well, now uh, I get to test different opening subject headlines and see who we can get to open it. So we failed the first time. Let's do it again. Let's fail at putting on a workshop at a gym, get two people to show up instead of 10, fail at that and figure out what went wrong, where didn't we engage correctly and try it again. But if I try to plan the perfect workshop at a gym and it takes me three months to get all of the details right, it's still going to fail. 
in <laughs> right and you know what if he if it didn't fail then and i think this is the um the founder of linkedin said if you're not embarrassed about your first launch then you launched too late so if you didn't fail <laughs> do it this month fail yeah by month three it'll be so much better because you didn't wait right i yeah and you and i are both on the same page when it comes to that and you know i th- in my opinion, really good, strong CEOs will make a decision because it's at least doing something. So they're okay being wrong. But sometimes as business owners, we're so afraid of failing and we keep making those excuses, like you said, those stories, those false stories we tell ourselves, and then we do nothing. I have a term for you. I have a term. Oh, what is it? (laughs) It's called fight flight or freeze oh what is that whenever you're faced with a decision that you don't want to make right it kind of puts you in panicky mode about your business sometimes you can fight it you can run from it sometimes you just plain up freeze where you don't make a decision and you just sit there and you ponder yeah. and you ponder you know how much money and time you waste by just thinking about it do it wrong yeah or do it right but just do it right figure it out freezing is what hurts most of us as self-employed business owners is freezing and not doing anything you know, yes. And and I want to share. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I totally get you. And I and here's the thing, like and I've done that. I have been in that freeze phase. Mm-hmm. And for example, I we all know I have the Entrepreneur Society that I've just reopened the doors and I had done it before. And this way is like so much better. Everything that I'm offering now is just like a million times better than the first run I did it. And it was very successful the first time around. But then through changes and moves and things going on, I closed the doors, but I still kept some of the the members on. I can't tell you how many times I thought about reopening it because I loved it. I loved I loved watching the members grow their business. I loved watching them overcome their obstacles. I loved being that source for them. But I was in that freeze because I was so afraid that life was going to get all shook up again and I wouldn't be able to do it. And then I was going to look like a failure. And so I have been in that freeze. And I, just recently, I'm like, I'll, I'll see others doing what I started and that they never did it. And I see it and I'm like, then I'm kicking myself in the butt. I'm like, <laughs> mine's better. I'm like, I'm like, I'm doing this so much better. It's no lie. I just no lie. I actually, wait a minute. I just recently got invited to something very similar from somebody I do not know. And I was looking, which is fine. They reached out to me on Instagram and I'm like, oh, this is exactly what I'm doing. So they invited me. I'm like, yeah, I'll check it out. I checked it out. I hate it. There's nothing to it. I'm like, oh, mine is so much better than this. And I'm like, but then I'm kicking myself because I stayed in freeze way too long. What would have happened? If I didn't stay in three years. Yeah, I should have. I should have. But at least you know that. You've done the reflection. Yes, I know. But it's hard. It is hard. You know, sometimes, especially when you are a solopreneur, when it is when you are running your business, you don't have a board, you don't have a team, a vice president or anything that's, you know, bouncing. You can bounce ideas off of or you can decide together what to do in your business when it is you deciding. It, yeah, it's harder. And that's 
one of the things why I created the Entrepreneur Society is because I want people to feel safe that you're not alone in the business. And I need to have you come in there and teach all these like awesome tidbits. <laughs> well, I'm all about it. I love it. Let's go. I love it. Said solopreneur. Yeah. And I think you mentioned it on your podcast with Dariana of you have created kind of a group of people that you can talk to about your business because it's lonely if you don't yeah. have someone to call and talk to. It it really is. And Dariana is like my digital marketing BFF. Like her and I will talk about things. You know, she's in New York. I'm in Florida. But we go through very similar things in our business. We do very similar things. So it's nice to be able to talk, to motivate. But I mean, I also, you have a business coach. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about that because I think it is so important to have a business coach. First off, what has your business coach done for your business? Have you seen a change? Uh, he Revenue wise, he 12 X'd it. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. So revenue nice there is that, but he more made me one change all those structures. He's why I went to hour long appointments. He is why I now have a marketing unit strategy. He's the reason I run internal promotions. The reason I practice sales on a weekly basis. The reason I have a discovery visit folder that we present in a certain order. Um so he's not only helped me with all the processes and steps, but given me the confidence to try things. And actually, at the last event, I, I, hey, epiphany moment. I had sat there and he handed out a VIP program. He said, this is for people who want to be a CEO and run a bigger company. And Alyssa, you said, hi, Nadine. So sorry. Um, I said, nope, that's not me. I want to run my office. I don't want to be a CEO. I don't want to develop any of that. And he, that was before lunch, went up to him, said, no, not doing this. He looked at me, said, okay. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apply for it anyway, but I don't think it's for me. Turns around, we did a lesson on leadership about being a CEO and top leadership skills for the next hour and a half. I walked up to him after and said, I don't want to be in this. I need to be in this. You need to put me in that room. You need to coach me. Wow. CEO. It, yeah, it was an immediate two-hour shift. Um, what changed? What was said in there that you're like, no, that I, I changed my mind. I'm, I was completely wrong. I want this now. Great question because uh, th this was, I think all of you potential CEOs and business leaders need to hear it. It was just 15 tips on leadership. Things like, you know, how to lead your team when uh, we'll go over some of them, I'm sure, but specifics, um, don't never be the jerk first. Let someone else make the jerk move. Um, only expect 80% of the goal. Like what you do, expect 80% out of someone else. Um, yeah. <laughs> what was it? Oh, beware of big personal life changes. Always know what your employees are going through. If a marriage is coming up, if they act out of character, it's probably because someone at home said something. Probably not them. So things like that. And within an hour, I said, you know what? I'm really picking this stuff up. I could lead a team. I could lead a marketing director, a sales director, another clinician. I, I'm built for that. Yeah. And knowing that I could do it, I think it's a disservice if I don't. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Why do you say that, though? 
that it's a disservice um, if you don't. Because all of you nine to five people out there, please stay there. If you enjoy nine to five life, you're good at it. I would love to hire people that love nine to five, that love to do their marketing uh, as a director, love to be the sales director, do their job, do it well, you know, progress through that, but then go home and not have the ability to run the business. If I have two offices, you do you know how many more patients I can help? Yeah. The end goal for me is to help more patients. So if I have two clinicians under me that can treat a bunch of people and I can just be the CEO, I can help so many more people in our community. So the end goal is to help more people. How do I get there? I have to step into a CEO role. Uh, and I I'm, I'm want to talk about that a little bit. And I'm going to kind of take what you just said and put it in a marketing term. Do it. So many times I hear I'm working with somebody and what I hear is I don't want to sound so salesy on social media. I don't want to, in a sense, ask for the sale, ask for the appointment, ask to buy the product because it sounds salesy. But I always say if you keep that in and you don't bring that value and you don't ask for the sale, you're not serving people. Like people who are afraid to even network and really tell what they do. They just keep it very brief and they're like, well, I don't want to tell them what I like. I do want to tell them what I do, but mm -hmm. I don't really want to talk about it a whole lot because then I'm going to sound like I'm only here because of making money. And that's not the case. Wrong. People. But I love what, <laughs> But I love what you said, because then you're doing a disservice. If you mm -hmm. if you don't grow your team and for anybody listening, check out Impulse Chiropractic on Instagram. I mean, you are doing reels that are so helpful for so many people. Mm -hmm. If you're not doing that, then yes. And you're selling. But without that's selling it. That's boring. Tell me if you need me. If this tip helped you, follow us. And then when you're ready to need us, message us. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And people are afraid to do that. But you have to. You have to do it or else you're doing a disservice. Somebody may need your product or your service to make their lives better. Because isn't that what it is? We're all solving problems. Now, why keep that solution? <laughs> so actually... And uh, that's another CEO term, be kind, not nice. Oh, oh explain that. Okay, so be kind. I kind of like that. I don't even know what it means yet. <laughs> no. so, I have a patient in here who is 100 pounds overweight, is scared to exercise, is just getting back into them. I'm not going to be nice and say, I know you can't afford it. Just go ahead, go use your insurance somewhere else. I'm going to be kind and say, listen up, you need this. You need to be in this office. You need to learn how to exercise pain-free so you can lose this weight so you can play with your grandkids in a couple of years. I'm aggressive. Mm. I'm selling them. I'm pushing them. But it's in their best interest. It's being yes. kind to them. You yes. telling your employee who was late, it's okay. No, that's nice. Be kind. Say, I expect you to be here. That's kind of our expectation. It's your personality. Is you know, Is there anything going on? No, I just slept in. It won't happen again. You are kind. It pushes them to be a better employee. I This is a great tip, even for me. Like, this is a really good tip, and I have to remember that. And my fault, my downside is when I email people mm -hmm. that are supporting me or I need something from them, I'm, because of time, I am direct and to the point. Mm -hmm. And if, if I'm emailing a guy, it's not a big deal. Not a big deal. They read the message, they get the message, they know what they need to do or what I'm expecting, and it's done. 
if I email a woman, and sorry, ladies, I love you all, right? But listen, we are different. We act different. If I email a woman with the same exact email and it's just direct and to the point, mm -hmm. I hurt feelings. So what I do now is sometimes, well, what I did, I don't do it anymore. When I started adding emojis to make it softer so they knew, like, I just really need this done. And, but I still like you. But for whatever reason, it was like, I actually had somebody cry to me, call me up, somebody who was working for me and cry because she thought I didn't like her because I asked her to do something in an email. And I'm like, okay, I'm just to the point. So it's having that conversation of this is how I'm going to interact with you when I need something done. <laughs> Nothing. It's not against you. It's no problem. It's just, yes. I need this done. It's to the point. I'm not being, I'm not mad at you. I just, I'm yes. fine. I'm telling you to get your job. Right. But I don't know what it is. Ladies, ladies, get it together. I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> I hope I don't get any hate email. I, I think I said helping women entrepreneurs is my jam. I love it. I love it. But men take direction so much quicker. Mm. It's to the point. It's short. It's precise. And women, we overthink. We we rip everything apart <laughs> and we make it personal and it's not. <laughs> For higher level thinking, we need a women CEO talk on how to how to be more like a typical man. Well, actually, you know what? I actually ha I have a presentation like that and I've yeah. used it and it's called Pushing Boundaries and Breaking the Rules. It's about women entrepreneurship. But yeah, that's a whole conversation. And we are wired differently. Yeah, we absolutely are. And it's um, even though men are typically more confident, that doesn't mean there aren't confident women. It just means that, you know, they're wired differently than us. And when we understand all that, then we can work together. Like we recognize our faults and our, not our faults, I, the bad word to use, our strengths and our weaknesses. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I have gone through my sales process multiple times and like, show, like I chose different lines to say to people based on whether they were a male or a female and how they were reacting. Like whether yeah. to be more direct or to take more emotional route. Like not just always male or female, but how they're interacting with me. Are they more business-like or are they more emotional storyteller? Like, right. You have to read the room and yes. then choose your response based on reading the room. Uh, yes, absolutely do. <laughs> so any tips for somebody who is starting a business? And I will say even, let's just talk to the chiropractors, the those that are in school that are right now getting ready to finish up and become a chiropractor, or maybe a chiropractor who is working for somebody else, mm -hmm. but wants their own practice. What tips do you have for them? So a big one that I've seen lately is starting business coaching before you start your business. Don't make them come in and as my coach would say, un-F it up. Like, yeah. let me start it <laughs> from the beginning. So if you're an associate or you're in school, and this goes for physical therapists or young entrepreneurs in any sort of medical industry, you go ahead and save up, put it in your budget to get business coaching before you open. That way you can get that advice, get a plan. I'm not talking a boring, structured business plan. No. I'm talking up what chambers are you going to join? Where are you going to network? Who are you going to talk to? What money are you spending on your space? And all of you, please do not go get a huge freaking mortar to start any business. <sighs> How many people do you know, Deanna, that opened up online before brick and mortar? 
chiropractors. I don't know anybody. I love people in general. Have you? And yeah. but yeah, but I mean, other businesses a lot. A lot of people will do it online and build their business and then get a brick and mortar. You the chiropractors have done that. Yes, they build their online following. They do a little bit of training, consulting, build up money in a client following, then open an office. They have the money and the following. If you have 20 patients ready to book with you the day you open your business, imagine how successful that first day and week are. Wow. Yeah, that's a great point. Start a following. Get an email list. Get social media before you even start selling. Yeah. an idea. Get your That's phone. a great, great point. Very, very good point. And yeah, I didn't even think of that. But you absolutely could mm-hmm. do that. And then... Just get your brick and mortar. And yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Let your current people pay for your brick and mortar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Right. I mean, and that's really what we should be doing anyhow, is using other people's money to build our business <laughs> like <laughs> instead of our own, right? <laughs> for us, and you don't do what we did. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Dr. Casey, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so much fun. I love talking to you, even when we go get coffee or talk. And I know we have a coffee date coming up again. Mm-hmm. We're scared. But seriously, guys, you have just sat in on like what our normal conversations are about. Like we just go back and forth, just motivating each other to level up, talking about what we learned, what what's working, what's not working. And I we just I love that you came on here and you're like, you know what? Let's just Put it out there to everybody <laughs> to limit in on what we talk about normally. <laughs> yeah, we want more of these conversations. We want more people in our community to talk like this. So, I mean, me and Dan will go to lunch every week. But if we can get more people to hang out with and get more brainstorming in like this, oh, I'm so we should. You know, we should actually come up with a local Deland mastermind with just few people. I already who- started. You're on the list. Oh, no, no, no. All right. I love it. All right. Forget that thing. <laughs> Anyhow, Dr. Casey, thank you again for joining. I Thank you for sharing all these awesome tips about leveling up your business. Oh, it's been amazing. Thank you for having me, Deanna. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. <laughs>